People of Note on Fine Music Radio is proudly brought to you each week at this time by Peter Turin Productions. This is Rodney Trudgeon welcoming you to People of Note here on Fine Music Radio. Let me tell you about my guest this week, an exciting young violinist, David Bester, who is senior lecturer in violin and viola at the Nelson Mandela University. He's a performer with a passion for research in string pedagogy. And as a soloist, he's performed with the Stellenbosch Camerata, the Cape Town KwaZulu-Natal and Gauteng Philharmonics, as well as the Eastern Cape Philharmonic Orchestra. He plays regularly as a member of the Chamber Orchestra of Namur and the Amici Quartet. And David is the concertmaster for the Eastern Cape Philharmonic. He's been guest concertmaster for the Free State Symphony Orchestra and the Gauteng Philharmonic Orchestra. And bristles with degrees, music degrees, cum laude masters as well and has studied with interesting people. So I thought, David, would be interesting to catch up with you, because although I know you come from Cape Town, as we heard, you work, live and work in Port Elizabeth at the moment, don't you? And tell me a little bit about your job at the Nelson Mandela uh, University. Well, hello, Rodney, and thank you for having me on your program. So I moved to Port Elizabeth back from Belgium in September of 2017 to start a job at the Nelson Mandela University at the music department. Um, got offered the position as full-time string lecturer at the department, and I've been there since, yeah, since September of 2017. Um, I love this, this job. It's what I've always wanted to do, and I'm very lucky that I um, got this job at, at such a young age. I teach mainly violin and a little bit of viola, and I also do lots of research on, on string pedagogy, as you, as you mm-hmm. mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that actually mean, David, string pedagogy? What, so, do, what does it mean in practical terms? So in practical terms, it basically has to do with the study of how a string instrument is taught and how it's learned. So I'm very interested in finding ways to make this very complicated learning process a bit easier. Um, in other words, to see if we can maybe find find better ways or more like efficient more ways, even, practical, practical ways, yeah, to to reach these great heights that the mm-hmm. incredible finalists have because reached. we all know, don't we, that the string instruments are particularly difficult to play. The violin and viola, especially, are uh, uh, you need to start very young, don't you? And it's it's a difficult career path to follow. I think um, I mean all instruments to make it to the top is. Uh, it's it's very challenging, um, but I think maybe the challenge with string instruments is that the the beginning stages um, are quite difficult compared to to other instruments. It's a it's quite an awkward instrument, the violin especially. Um, that's why it's such a good idea to start young, mm. um, so that your body sort of grows with the <laughs> instrument. Yeah, as opposed to against um, it. Yeah, mm. so it's quite an awkward instrument, I think, to start to start off with, um, and I think that oftentimes beginner string students maybe don't have the right guidance. And I think that further complicates uh, uh, the the learning process. So that's actually wh- where my research is aimed. At. I'm interested that you said you were very excited to get this job. It's a job that you've always wanted. Yes. So obviously you like teaching and academia as well as performing, because I know you perform a lot. But yes. this you're sounding very passionate about, as though it's something that you really want to do even over and above performing 
Yes, I've always been a big nerd, and um, I've been uh, I'm very curious about uh, figuring things out. But on the other hand, I'm also very creative, and I found that that teaching is almost just as big of a creative outlet for me as performing. Sometimes even a more rewarding oh, really? outlet. That's interesting. Yes, because there's all this problem solving involved. You deal with people directly. And there's also the the sort of the nerdy side to it, the research and the <laughs> the the um, yeah, figuring things out, mm-hmm. and that that is what I what I love. And which is clearly why you've got involved in this pedagogy thing as yes, well. The, yes, the sorting things out. Yes, trying to simplify things, trying to make it accessible for more players, possibly. Yes, perhaps. that's what makes me tick. Okay, yeah. and the violin was that always an instrument? Did, did you start the violin very young? I started when I was five years old. I'm one of three boys, and uh, my father used to take us to chamber music concerts when we were, we were very young. And right from the start, uh, he saw that I was the only one of the three children that was actually interested in the music. And I was the one that then started insisting that we go back to more concerts. And then for my... So that was when I was around four years old. Gosh. And then for my fifth birthday, my my father got me a violin as a birthday present. And then I started having lessons with the violinist that played uh, in this chamber music group that we used to listen to. And I just haven't stopped since then. <laughs> <laughs> so you really did start young. I did. Five. But isn't it interesting, David, that you had a natural passion for music at that early age at four? Yes. A, percep- I- a perception of it and what it's all about. Yeah, and I, I don't know why I thought it was so interesting or why I liked it so much. I think maybe it was because I went to a live performance and I, it was interesting to watch. It was interesting to see how um, involved the performers were with the music. Obviously, the music that they played also spoke to me. Um, and I just I was a curious kid. I wanted to know <laughs> how is this possible? You know, I want to make that sound. Gosh, um, that's a lovely yeah, story. Yeah. Okay, David. Now we've come to your first piece of music. What are you going to share with us, and why? All right. So I'd like to to share with you the aria "Vedro con mio deletto" from Vivaldi's opera Il Gestino. It was written in 1724. And in this recording, it's sung by the young Polish countertainer Jakob Josef Orlinski. And first of all, it's a beautiful aria, very touching. I, um, it, it's, it's beautiful to listen to. But I've discovered this, this young countertainer quite, quite recently. And what I've really liked about him is that he's a very interesting and easygoing person. Um, he's young, his interpretations are fresh. And I think he's done a lot already in his very short career uh, to show other young people that that classical music and opera can be, I guess, fresh Mm -hmm. and real. Even as a countertenor, which some people might have more difficulty with than with others. Yes, absolutely. It's it's almost ironic that his his specialization is um, early music and yet it's so – he makes it so relevant and so – so new and modern almost. Mm-hmm. 
Well, music by Vivaldi. Um, David, what was that? Just tell me what the piece was and who sang it. It was the aria Vedro con Miu Deleto, sung by Polish countertenor Jakub Josef Orlinski. Uh, we heard in that the sort of quality of his voice and also the youthfulness. And yes. uh, is, is a countertenor a sort of sound that you enjoy? I love the sound of a countertenor. It's a sound that maybe not everyone um, is familiar with. Uh, but I find it quite, it's quite clean. Um, and for me, that makes the sound very expressive. And I actually find a lot of inspiration for my own playing as a violinist in that kind of 
Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm. My guest, incidentally, on People of Note this week here on Fine Music Radio is the violinist David Bester, who's also senior lecturer in violin and viola at the Nelson Mandela University. Holidaying in Cape Town, which is why we managed to collar you while <laughs> you're here. And as you know, People of Note is brought to you each week this time by Peter Turin Productions. Um, David, you mentioned earlier, you mentioned Belgium, but I just want to find out how you got there. But first of all, so you took up the violin at five, and after that, was it a, a sort of fait accompli that you were going to be a violinist? There wasn't any other career in your sights? Well, almost. Music or career as a violinist was the one thing that's never not been uh, there in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always been the one option. I have other interests, and there was a short while where I seriously considered studying medicine. But luckily for me, I decided to <laughs> pursue this, this career in, in music. Um, and I'm lucky that, that I'm actually able to make a living out of doing what I really love and what I'm passionate about. Mm, those sort yeah. of people are blessed, aren't they? People yes. like you. Uh, you mentioned your father taking you to these concerts and you were one of three boys in your family. Yeah. Are your brothers at all involved in music? They're not. So you're <laughs> the one that's... They're both very sporty and, and um, they both have careers in finance. Okay. Yeah. So you started the, the violin, as I said, at the age of five and went studying through and ended up at all these universities, Stellenbosch University, studying with people like Suzanne Martens and in Antwerp. What took you to Belgium? How, how did that come about? So I, after matriculating, started studying at Stellenbosch University with Suzanne Martens, did my undergraduate degree there, and that's how I got involved with the Stellenbosch International Chamber Music Festival. Through this festival, I met the wonderful violinist Alisa Margulis, Russian German violinist and I think it was the end of 2014 or maybe beginning of 2015 she invited me to come and study with her at that stage I was enrolled for master's degree at Stellenbosch University so I did my audition and got accepted into school in in Antwerp the Royal Conservatoire of Antwerp and then in June or September was September 2015. I started studying with Alyssa in Belgium. And you, you were saying that with a big smile on your face. Yeah. Obviously, it was something very special and someone whom you admired. Absolutely. It was, uh, this was, for me, a superstar mm-hmm. violinist and an incredible teacher. I really look, look up to her. And I never thought that, that an opportunity like that would, would ever come my way. Um, so... And it was absolutely life-changing, the, yeah. the, the time studying with her. How and, long were you there? Um, I was there for two years oh, studying, right, okay. studying with her. And it was all made possible by a very generous uh, grant from the Oppenheimer Memorial Trust um, that really enabled me to go and study. But um, in the course of studying, and I presume this is the thing, when you do go overseas, you get exposed to uh, famous people. You speak about big stars, and I see that you've had or you've worked closely with some big names like Pinker Zuckerman, Joshua Bell, Benjamin Schmid, Lali Yosef, it's all names we know uh, from the recording industry and to have come into contact with them must have been special for a young man as well. Oh, it was absolutely incredible. I mean, I, most of the time I was starstruck by these <laughs> these big names and um, 
some of those people, like with Pinka Zuckerman, for example, we worked even in South Africa with the Stellenbosch Camarata. And what made that so special was that because it's such a small group, um, we got to really work together and chat with, with them and have little lessons on the side. Yeah, so the um, interaction was actually quite intense and personal yes, as well. Yes. Intimate. And then Belgium, I also had, you know, master classes with so many incredible people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so inspiring also to, to watch them make music and to, to be part of a concert where we're these great people to watch and to listen. Yeah. I mean, big names as well. Ivry Gitlis. Yes. And Ilya Gringoltz. I have an interesting story about Ivry Gitlis. I think it was New Year's Eve of 2015. So I was in Paris visiting my friend, uh, Miles Roberts. And then Alyssa, my teacher at the time, she saw that I was in Paris and she sent me a message out of the blue asking if I wanted to meet Ivry Gitlis. And I said, of course, <laughs> I'd like to meet him. <laughs> and the next message she sent me was his phone number and just the words, take your violin. And so I had to phone Ivry. Uh, she'd already spoken to him. He gave me his address and off I went to his house. And then it was around five o'clock in the afternoon. Sun was almost setting on the 31st of December. And I met him in his flat and he asked me to play Mozart concerto and he gave me a little lesson and we just chatted. It was the most surreal experience of my <laughs> of my life. And I remember he had to to end sort of our time because he he was meeting Marta Agrich for for dinner <laughs> in Paris. You were in the company of greatness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> David, your next piece of music, what's your next piece of music? All right, this is one of my absolute favorite chamber music works. So I, I love playing chamber music and listening to chamber music. I find it's one of the most expressive and incredibly rich uh, genres out there. Um, it's the Piano Quintet Opus 15 by Korngold. And I think we'll only listen to the exposition of, of this this piece. What I love about this this work is that it's incredibly original in the in its conception and the writing is so lush it's almost as if as if you're listening to uh you know to a film score with a full symphony orchestra playing you know this this the themes are so just lush the only mm-hmm. word i can think of
that music. I hear what you mean by Lush, David. Mm. Music by Korngold, who, but he had an interesting career, didn't he? Because he um, was called a young Mozart, then he went to Hollywood and yes. made such a name writing film scores. And do you know his violin concerto, which also has, it's sort of rich with film themes, like from The Prince and the Pauper, yes. which he put into the violin concerto, and the Essexes and all that. Yeah, it's one of my favorite um, concertos. It's one of my favorite pieces of music, Korngold's Violin Concerto. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and this yeah. piece that you've chosen, that was the quintet, wasn't it? That was the piano quintet. Yes. Yeah. And we heard part of the exposition there. People of Note has brought you each week this time by Peter Turin Productions. And my guest is David Bester, a violinist, a senior lecturer in violin and viola at the Nelson Mandela University. And we're talking, you said just when we went into that, how you enjoy playing chamber music. And I think that's a lovely thing to hear because I always discover that even if you're a soloist with concertos of the orchestra, musicians really love playing in chamber music mm. because there is a sharing and an intimacy and a, almost an intellectual and emotional coming together, isn't there? With And they're such great works very often. Yes, The absolutely. chamber music repertoire. Um, with chamber music, I think there's so much more flexibility. If you take a concerto, for example, oftentimes when you play with an orchestra, you you might have three rehearsals if you're lucky. Um, oftentimes it's two rehearsals and a concert, which means that there's almost no room for being, uh, for exploring uh, radically new ideas. Mm. With chamber music, it's a different scenario. Um, usually it's a group of people, uh, usually playing with your friends. Yes, so it's like-minded in a sense. Yes, and people that you, you trust, well, you have to trust, mm -hmm. I yeah. guess, in, in that that uh, situation and there's usually more time to rehearse things and to try out new ideas and chamber music is also written oftentimes in the way where each voice is has something unique to say and 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 that that is what makes it extremely interesting for me and rewarding as well yeah, to yeah. play chamber music. With a job like you have uh, in academia at the university and with all those students, do you get a chance to work with chamber music and get them to play chamber music and yourself as well? I do. I have to say maybe not as much as I'd like to, oh, okay, obviously. Okay. But I started a string ensemble in, in Port Elizabeth uh, where this is, that's one of my 
one of the ways in which I get my students to become active in, in chamber music. Is this the Nelson Mandela University String Ensemble? Yes. In Muse. In Muse, <laughs> we're right. called. Um, and that is actually a lot of fun. It's also now at the stage where um, it's not only students, it's not only my students that are playing in this ensemble, but also people from Grahamstown and uh, people from Jeffreys Bay, Newtonhague, yes. uh, all around um, Port Elizabeth have come and, and actually joined the ensemble. We also, you know, play in smaller, you know, piano trios and um, mixed ensembles. Uh, the nice thing about a university like Nelson Mandela University is that there's a lot of scope to to try out new ideas, and um, that's been very nice for me. I haven't when I wanted to when I want to try something new, I'm, it's never met with resistance. And uh, I've we've done so many premieres of of um, works by South African composers, for example, which. There was no programming committee telling me that this, this might not work or this might not sell out a concert hall. Right, um, right. And that is something I, I really love about where I work. But now talking about where you work, how did you end up there? Was it just a post that was advertised? Because you're not from Port Elizabeth, you're from Cape Town, aren't I'm you? from Cape Town. Um, I've actually never been to Port Elizabeth before, <laughs> before I, I started working in Port Elizabeth. So I was in Belgium um, in beginning of 2017 when... Uh, Louis van der Watt at Stellenbosch University forwarded me the, the advertisement for this post. So I thought, you know, this is something that I've always wanted to do and I'll take a chance. But I never thought that I'd, I'd even <laughs> be shortlisted. And the next thing I knew, I uh, got the interview and I, I got the job. And that's what made me decide then to, to move back to South Africa and, yeah. And with, okay, we, we are sitting in Cape Town talking mm. about this, but now, and I don't know Port Elizabeth, by the way, is it a fairly vibrant music scene? I know there's also the orchestra there of which you're concertmaster, but it's a part-time orchestra, isn't it, in a sense? Yes, it's, it's a semi-professional orchestra. Uh, we, we're very reliant on um, funding from, from mostly the Lotto and the, the National Arts Council um, and private uh, donations. Uh, so it's not a full-time sort of salaried mm -hmm. orchestra. Right, right. And we try and perform as much as we can. Um, I think in uh, last year we had, let's say, uh, four or five symphony concerts and then um, lots of, of other engagements. For example, at the National Arts Festival in Grahamstown, we performed uh, two concerts at the... Last Night of the Proms. Oh, yes, with we Richard, yeah. All of these yeah. other concerts. So we, we try to play as much as possible. But it's very difficult, the financial situation and funding for, for orchestras, it's a, it's a very difficult situation. And yeah. regarding the students, David, is there a fair stream of people coming through learning the violin and the viola? Um, it's starting to, to pick up. Uh, I've done a lot of work to engage string teachers in the in the region and I give workshops and I give master classes in the schools in order to to try and encourage people uh, to take up a string instrument and also to um, encourage them to come and study music if, if they have the the ability so my studio is growing every year I have, I have uh, new students and, and more students and uh, yeah it's 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 definitely not dying 
Good, that's always encouraging to know. Um, David, so now let's pause for your third piece of music. What have you got in store for us this time? All right, now this is, again, one of my favorite. So I said the Korngol Concerto was one of my favorite, but the Britain Violin Concerto is a, is a piece that's, that's very close to me. I have a personal connection with it. I played it in my fourth year at, at university, and... It was the most incredible experience to learn this this piece of music, not knowing that I'll be able to successfully perform it. Um, it was quite a journey. And I think we're going to listen to the second movement, the Vivace movement of this, this concerto. Um, I love the orchestration, the, the colors. It, there's a bit of a craziness. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's a very interesting uh, movement. And it's played by Wilde Frank, also one of my favorite a violinist, very young and fresh uh, voice on the scene.
Part of the second movement of Benjamin Britten's violin concerto with soloist there, Wilde Frang, another choice of my guest on People of Note this week, David Bester, the violinist. And as you know, People of Note is brought to you each week this time by Peter Turin Productions. And interesting that you chose Britten because I know we had it here a couple of years ago. Yes. Yeah. And it's a fascinating piece and it's accessible as well and people like it, generally speaking. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's very accessible, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so many rich melodies uh, and I think the, the orchestration that's so colorful it, it's so expressive mm-hmm. um, it's yeah I, I think it's a great piece it's also not very long right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to ask you about you spoke about Wilde Frang and another violinist that seems to be very much a critic's favorite at the moment is James Ennis yes. whose recording of the Beethoven concerto has just been so well received I mean is he also a performer that you admire absolutely I mean there are so many brilliant violinists that I uh, look up to um, for example like the, the reason I, I chose Wilde Frank for, for the Britain um, you know there's something so fragile in her, in her mm. sound mm. Um, she's a very sensitive musician and that's the quality that I really admire uh, in, a, in a string player especially uh-huh. um, David tell me a little bit about your instrument um, the, the actual violin that you have and viola we haven't really spoken about the viola <laughs> I mean do you play the viola professionally as well I made just teach it? My, my professional viola debut on a stage um, it was in 2018 at, at the new music in Taba in Port Elizabeth um, 
that was the first time I've actually played in front of an audience. Um, but I've always taken viola as a as a second instrument at university, and um, but now I can play the instrument. I wouldn't call myself a violist. I think there's a lot of a lot to say for specialising in in a specific instrument. But I love the viola. It's uh, hmm. I love playing inner voices. It's yeah. my favourite thing to do. What is oh that's interesting. Yeah. Since you play the violin, yeah. which is always the sort of glittering <laughs> yeah, star. The top voice, isn't it? But the orchestral repertoire very often has beautiful viola parts. Even Beethoven wrote lovely viola parts. Brahms, Vaughan Williams. Yes. In a yeah. in a sort of sounds. Yeah. I don't know if you know. There's a recording of. Beethoven's Sixth Symphony, conducted by Sir Simon Rattle, which I saw in Berlin. I always somehow managed to sneak that in. But anyway, <laughs> people get irritated with me. And what struck me in that symphony was the way he brought out the not viola. only the viola, but the second violins mm. as well, with this inner, giving it an autumnal feel. Yeah. But anyway, back to you now. And um, your instrument, tell me a little bit about your, the instrument you play. Is it uh, special? It's actually not that special. Of course, it's special to me. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, I've had this instrument for, I think, seven years, and I've done a lot with this instrument. But it's uh, it's a German trade violin, so it was made somewhere between the First and Second World Wars in sort of what's the east of Germany. Yes, and there's no uh, so there's no one luthier that that's connected to this violin. So it's not a very um, not worth a lot of money but the violin has an incredible sound I think it's um, has a lot of colors it has it projects quite well and it's an easy instrument to play on but I can tell you that I am looking at a very very nice instrument um, I've commissioned one by the luthier a luthier living in Paris called uh, Jair Fainas he makes a copy of a Guarnerius del Gesù and from the moment I, I played on one of his, his I tried out one of his instruments I just fell in love immediately um, so hopefully by the end of this year I'll have my my new baby have you got one in mind that's already been made no so so he's making a copy of this instrument um, he's made a couple of these copies and they're almost I would say identical mm-hmm. um, which I like because it's not someone that that is going to experiment w- with my violin yes. <laughs> with my permission uh, yes. it's already established so sort of. I can sort of trust that yeah. I know the product that I'll get and the other thing David is that all violinists say uh, it takes a while to get into the violin for you to get to know each other very yes. well okay you might fall in love when you first play it but mm-hmm. still then the relationship has to develop, doesn't it? Absolutely. To get to know its good days, its bad days, yeah. its its good points and its bad yeah. points. I mean, a violin, it's its almost a living thing. The wood, mm. it breathes, it uh, um, it reacts to, to the way you play it, it reacts to the weather. Um, yes, and to your mood, I dare say. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> yeah, and to the repertoire. I mean, it, it's, um, I would say it takes at least a year to really get to know the instrument you're playing on, mm-hmm. if you play on it every day, to know how it will react in a concert situation, yes. um, to know how far you can push it. And do you enjoy playing concerto, the concerto repertoire, being up there as the soloist? I do enjoy it. I don't do it often enough, I think, um, but it, it's it's quite a thrill um, to play a concerto with an orchestra. It's it's, I guess, an absolute 
luxury and privilege to to get the opportunity to to do that, especially in in South Africa. But yes, I, I do love it. Have we seen you in Cape Town yet on the concert platform with the Cape Town Philharmonic? No, you haven't. Okay, well, <laughs> we're going to have to sort that out. Um, David, what is your next piece of music? Um, and I know one of the things we were going to talk about is recently you've done a series of concerts with James Grace, the yes, guitarist, correct. which is an interesting combination. We'll talk about the repertoire about that later. But what are you going to play and why Piazzolla? So I'm, I've selected Piazzolla's Inverno Portena from the Four Seasons of Buenos Aires. And uh, this piece also have, goes, have a history with this, with this piece. I was introduced to the, the Four Seasons of Buenos Aires in my first year at, at Stellenbosch when um, it was Daniel Rowland with the Stellenbosch Camerata had just done a recording of this work. And I didn't know that music like that existed. I love the again the expressivity of this music. The uh, it's so real. The colors are so. I guess it was something I could connect with. Uh, it's so passionate and uh, yeah. So it's the winter season uh, from the Piazzolla Four Seasons.
There you are. The winter section of the Four Seasons by Piazzolla, played by Daniel Rowland and the Stellenbosch Camerata, and another choice of my guest on People of Note, David Bester, the violinist. David, uh, we said just before that you've done a series of concerts with James Grace, whom we know very well down here, for violin and guitar, which is an interesting combination. Does it work? I presume it does. It works extremely well. I mean, Paganini, for example, was... Uh, of course, he's known as a brilliant violinist, mm. uh, virtuoso, first true virtuoso, I guess. Um, but he was also a really good guitarist. And he wrote a lot of repertoire for guitar and violin. Yes, a whole lot of little sonatas yes. that are delightful, actually. And that is actually what I think originally, if I think back, that it, that might be what inspired the, the collaboration between um, James and myself. Um, we We did a series of concerts. And we're doing it again in March at the uh, Stellenbosch Wurtfest and then later in the year uh, in the Eastern Cape at a couple of concert series. Um, the concert is called Paganini to Piazzolla. And we do some works by Paganini, some classical guitar and, and violin works. And we take it all the way through to Piazzolla's uh, Histoire de Tango, the, the story of the tango, the history of the tango, and all the sort of works in between. Mm -hmm. um, for example, Machado um, wrote some very interesting miniatures, almost like um, pieces of candy or little sweets uh, <laughs> for violin and, and guitar. And all of this music works, it just works so well. The, the sound of the guitar and the sound of the violin it's something very special, and I really enjoy and looking forward to the next couple of concerts with James. We've got a CD here, I should say. I've got one of Schubert's music. Uh, most of it is arrangements of the Moment Musicale yes. and waltzes yeah. with Goran Solskjaer and um, Guidon Kremer. And apparently Schubert also played the guitar. There's some pictures of him with a guitar in his room. Yes. So the story goes. But those are mostly arrangements. Yeah. So the Vodafest is coming up in March, and are you, apart from this, are you involved in other things there as well. What's coming up, David, in the next few months that we can look out for you? So Wurtfies is the one coming up next, I think. I have a couple of concerts with, with James. We're, we're repeating this program. It's from the 6th to the 14th of March. Then I'm also doing a program with the Amici Quartet, also at Wurtfies, and that involves the principal clarinetist of the CPO, Daniel Przeski. Oh, right, and a fine clarinetist too, Daniel is. Absolutely. So you're quite busy. You're going to be quite busy with this Wurtfies and other things coming up. And then on top of all of that is your academic career yes, in Port Elizabeth. So it's a busy juggling thing. act. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, David, that we need to see you here with our orchestras to doing some chamber music <laughs> here as well. So let's hold thumbs for that. What is your last piece you've chosen for us? This last one is quite a, a fun one. I've recently discovered the very young jazz musician Jacob Collier. Um, he's an absolute musical genius. And um, I've chosen his arrangement of the theme tune from the, the cartoon The Flintstones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's from his album In My Room. And this arrangement won two Grammy Awards, I think, for the best arrangement and for the best instrumentation. Um, I think you'll really enjoy this bit crazy, off-the-wall kind of um, <laughs> interpretation of, of this theme tune. But the reason I chose this is because it just, again, this is what music is about uh, for me, the incredible creativity that, that goes into it and the, the energy and just this uh, feeling of things being fresh.
Thank you for sharing an interesting selection of music, David. And all the best, and we look forward to seeing you in Cape Town. As we leave with that music, I was talking to David Bester, who, as I said, senior lecturer in violin and viola at the Nelson Mandela University. Thanks, David. Flintstones, meet the Flintstones. They're a modern Stone Age family. Stone Age family. From the town of Bedrock, they're a base right out of history. Let's ride with the family down the street. Through the car to see your friends to feed. When you're with the Flintstones, have a yabba yabba dabba People of Note on Fine Music Radio was proudly brought to you by Peter Turin Productions. Peter Turin presents Mel Brooks's hilarious musical comedy, The Producers, a record-breaking winner of 12 Tony Awards, starring Alan Committee, Terence Bridget, Earl Gregory, and a full knockout South African cast. Enjoy such comedy hits as I Want to Be a Producer, When You Got It, Flaunt It, Springtime for Hitler, and many more. Don't miss The Producers, on now until the 28th of March, only at Theatre on the Bay. For a comic start to your year, book now. If 